Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel of Mark in the first chapter, starting with the 14th verse. If you're reading along in the Pew Bible, it can be found on page 35 of the New Testament, the Greek Testament. Listen now for God's living word as it comes to you. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Now one could argue that Ernest Shackleton created the most famous Help Wanted ad. The urban legends around this 20th century explorer and his expedition to Antarctica say that he ran an ad in newspapers around London to recruit explorers. The ad supposedly went like this. Men wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, Long hours of complete darkness, honor and recognition in the event of success. Just that. Shackleton's crew was, if anything, appropriately warned. From 1914 to 1916, this crew of an expedition on a ship called the Endurance would live up to its very name. 28 men climbed aboard the ship and never came close to reaching their goal of making it to the South Pole. Their ship sank after being frozen into the sea, but for these explorers, the world grew larger, vaster, more profound. The expedition failed miserably. There was, however, one absolutely incredible success. The entire crew of 28 returned home alive. 
They return to tell the story of a different kind of endeavor than the one that they originally set out to accomplish. It was an exploration of survival made possible by the committed teamwork and the amazing resilience of the human spirit. Perhaps their success should have been measured by a different set of criteria than their original goal. When one thinks about Shackleton's provocative ad in the context of this whole expedition, it opens some questions in my mind. What compels people? What compels us to take risks, to do something different, to do something new or daring, to follow leadership foolish enough to challenge the status quo, to question the way things are or should be? Is it, like the ad suggests, honor and recognition in the event of success? Would an inspiring idea be enough to walk out into the unknown? Is it reaching what was thought to be unreachable? Is it a dynamic leader like Shackleton? Is it knowing that a friend is willing to walk out on the same limb as you are about to? What invitation would prompt you to walk out into the unknown for possibilities that you couldn't anticipate. A group of fishermen, fisher folk, are walking along, are working along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Some are casting their nets, some are repairing nets, and then Jesus arrives at the seashore. He turns to Simon and Andrew to James and John, and with a simple invitation, they leave their nets, they leave their boats, and they follow Jesus. Now, the author of the Gospel of Mark is well known for expressing immediacy. Events, decisions, stories happen with this kind of immediacy that demands attention, It calls us to recognize that something important just happened. Right away, the fishermen left their nets and followed Jesus. Immediately, they left their nets. So it is important to ask why this moment is so important. What would encourage these four fishermen to leave their home and follow Jesus? Let's consider the context. Our scripture begins with the news that John the Baptist has been arrested. It is a turning point. The one who prepared the way for Jesus has been taken in by authorities, and it does not look good. Life in Galilee is also challenging What we know about Jerusalem, Galilee, and the entire region of Judea at the time of Jesus is that it is occupied by the Roman Empire. Herod is the regional governor who does the empire's bidding. He is aggressive and demanding. People worked impossibly 
hard and long hours for even a halfway decent living. And even then, the taxes on the province were severe. Rome ruled with an unchallenged power. And in a world like this, I do not doubt that a kind of helplessness might settle in among the communities, a sense that the dreams of the people might never be more than wishful thinking. Jesus began to walk these Galilean roads and teach, and our scripture tells us what he said. The time is fulfilled. Here comes God's reign. Here comes God's authority. Change your hearts and your lives. Trust this good news. In the overwhelming, soul-crushing grip of an empire, I wonder how people would respond. On one hand, I could hear the Galileans who've seen it all say, it doesn't seem like the time. It doesn't look like God's kingdom, God's reign, God's power is coming. What could we change? How could a person trust anything in this occupation with life like this? So what could compel four fishermen to leave right away and follow Jesus? Maybe it is that Jesus proclaims the time is fulfilled. Maybe. You see, in Greek, in the language of the New Testament, there are different words for time. There is chronos, which is chronological time, like time on a clock, like the understanding of time that we would use to schedule a meeting or our lives. It marks the passage of time. But there's another word for time. It is called chronos, or excuse me, kairos. Kairos is the kind of time that Jesus is talking about here. It's the word he uses. Jesus says the kairos is fulfilled. And kairos refers to a time that is a critical moment, a crossroads, a moment of possibility that God makes, a place in time where God's purpose is established. It is as though Jesus is saying, now is a time when God's abundant presence reveals long-anticipated promises that are happening now as we speak. It is the reality of God's dream for the world that is happening right now. Walter Rauschen Bush, a preacher and theologian of the early 20th century, wrote a remarkable book called Christianity and the Social Crisis. In it, he wrote, Jesus, like all the prophets and like all his spiritually-minded countrymen, lived in the hope of a great transformation of the national, social, and religious life around him. He shared the substance of that hope with his people, but by his profounder insight 
and his loftier faith, he elevated and transformed the common hope. Another theologian, Walter Placker, interprets Rauschenbusch to mean that the people of Jesus' time and place, these fishermen included, would have heard the words reign of God, kingdom of God, to mean a transformation of culture and society. They would have heard about a Kairos moment. So with the knowledge that these four fishermen have, this is an invitation that is too good not to accept. And so they go. They follow Jesus. They accept a new identity. They change from those who fish in the sea to those who fish for people. They trade their nets for stories and relationships. They hope for the Kairos experience. They dream of the change that Jesus speaks of, and so they follow. If we were to read on ahead to the experiences that these disciples will have on the road with Jesus, one thing becomes clear. They fail a lot. They misunderstand. They let Jesus down. They go the wrong way. Sometimes they choose not to go at all. But needless to say, they set out on this journey, and these disciples, they look a lot like the crew of Shackleton's endeavor. That is to say, however unlikely they might be to get to their destination, they are committed, and they return to tell the story again and again. They follow Jesus despite the risk. They go despite the lack of guarantees. They trust that something big is about to happen. And it does. We know this. This Jesus leads them into ministries that far exceed their limitations. Jesus leads them into being the disciples that God has called them to be. Writer David Foster Wallace once wrote about leadership that a real leader is someone who can help us overcome the limitations of our own individual laziness and selfishness and weakness and fear and get us to do better, harder things than we could get ourselves to do on our own. In so many ways, that is who Jesus is for these disciples. And in so many ways, this is who Jesus is for us. What is it that invites women and men of the church of all ages, people like you and like me, to follow? What is it that brings us to be a part of a church that seeks to nurture a better world? Is it a Kairos moment? What does it mean for the church to do something different? 
to follow Jesus in a way that is foolish enough to challenge the status quo, to question the way things are in hope for lives enriched. The gift of these four fishermen or the gift of the gift of these four fishermen for us is that making the choice to follow is a reminder. It's a reminder that God is close by, that God is near, nearer than what we know on most days. God is present to people in the most challenging of circumstances, and we are invited to follow to put our faith toward actions that might exceed our own limitations. On some days we may think we don't have enough, but to God, that doesn't matter. All this, so that people among us might know a world that is characterized by God's ways of love and reconciliation and peace. It is so good to remember that these four fishermen don't make their commitment to follow all on their own. They follow together with one another, with Jesus, with God. And they go a little farther together. They go a little farther with God, always together. And we are like these disciples, these four fishermen, these four fisher folk. The church has the same purpose. We go together to share a different kind of story, a kairos kind of story. The church walks with God so that the kairos kind of time might take hold on our lives as well as the life of the world. A deeper love, a better life, a fairer world. May this Kairos time take hold of us. May it take hold, and may we never, never be the same. Amen.